like to invite your attention this morning to the book of Psalms 8. To the book of Psalms 8. We want to say to you that we love you. We appreciate you. We thank you and we pray that you will continue to hear the word of God as God speaks to us this morning. And God does have a word for us this morning. With everything that's going on in this world, we have to realize that God still loves mankind. Even though he's given us a whooping, amen, he still loves mankind. He still loves mankind. Father, we bless your name, we honor you, and we give you praise, and we give you glory. Now, Father God, we ask in the name of Jesus that let every hearer hear your word. And let us uh, receive your word in our spirit, and let nothing fall to the ground. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Here we are in Psalms chapter number 8. And our, our verse that we're going to begin reading will be in verse number 3. But we want to talk about how David, he's now, he's at the end of his life. He's gotten old. He's gone through a transition. He's, he's faced many things in life. And he finds himself at a place that he begins to uh, honor God and praise God and, and even wonder why God loves man so much. Because even in his life, his life wasn't all that great, but yet there was greatness in his life. But he also found that he had some bad times and difficult times and some hard times. There was the time when he was away from God. Even though God says that to David that he was a man of his own heart, there was a time when David strayed away from God, but yet God's love and his mercy was still there in regards to David as well as mankind. Now, this morning we want to talk about man God's masterpiece. We may think that we're not God's masterpiece, especially with everything that's going on, the, the, uh, the hurricanes and, and that will come time for the tornado seasons and, and, and the flooding and all that and many people dying. And, but we still have to understand that God still loves man. Even though man is a fool, even though sometimes man cuts up, God still loves man. Man, and this is what God wants us to emphasize today, man is God's masterpiece. Regardless of what you think about yourself, regardless of what anyone else say, regardless of the opinion of others, man is still God's masterpiece. Now, let's look at verse number 3. Just want to teach this morning, because sometimes I can get find myself caught up in preaching, but I want to teach this morning. Psalms chapter 8, verse number 3. And this is what David's saying now. Remember now, he's, it, it has to be that it was a time of night, and I will show you that, that why it was, I'm saying it was during the nighttime season in his life, or he just might have decided to take a stroll, because oftentimes he, he would do that even in his kingship. Now, he says in verse 3, he says, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. Now, when I looked at that verse, and he's talking about when he, when he considers the heaven, when he walked out in this nighttime, and, and something about night seems to display the majesty of God more so than any other time. He talks about the moon. He talks about the stars, the, the galaxy of stars. If you can just envision in your mind when you walk outside at night and you can look up and seem like you see those stars, they are just sparkling. And, and you, you can see sometimes that little dipper, all those designs that, that, that's in the heavens. It's showing God's majesty. And when you look at the moon and sometimes when, when you're driving and seems like the moon is moving. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes it appears like to me that the moon is moving. So as I'm driving along, it looks like the moon is far away and then sometimes it looks like it's very close. But what's missing is the sun. That's how it lets me to know that this was a nighttime 
time viewing that David had. Because in the scripture, he didn't mention the sun. He talks about the moon and the stars. When he looks at that and he knows that God has ordained this, then watch what he says in, in verse number four. Then when he sees the greatness of God, the vastness of God, the majesty of God, then he poses this question. He says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? What is man? Man is wretched. Man is miserable. Man is full of infirmity. Man is ignorant. Now, ignorant is not a bad word. Ignorant means he's without knowledge. You know, he's without the knowledge of of, of the power and the majesty of God. Man is also sinful. Man is even feeble. He's, He's frail. Man is disobedient. Man is prideful. Can we get an amen on that? Man is a fallen creature. But he says, what is man? What is it about man that that God would give notice to man? He would give notice to mankind. Even in his wretched condition, here David is asking, because see, David knows how wretched he was. See, the word David there means the, the beloved of God. We know how wretched we are and the things that we do, but yet God wakes us up every morning. God still provides for us. God still makes a way for us. And, and sometimes you have to question in your mind, God, why do you love me so much in my, even in my fallen condition? In my fallen condition. He says, what is a man that thou art mindful of him, that God has him in his remembrance? What is it about man that, that God will, 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 will remember him in every walk of his life? What's the, what, what it means is man is God's masterpiece. See, that's something we have to understand. God took the time to, to breathe his, his own breath into man. He didn't do it to anybody else. He didn't do it to the, to the other creatures. But when it came down to man, he put his hands on man. That's how much he loved man. He wanted to form man. He wanted to live in man. He wanted to rest in man. Man, mankind is God's masterpiece. So when anybody want to demote you, you just tell them, hey, I'm God's masterpiece. That's what we're, I'm God's masterpiece. See, you got to know that for yourself because you got to know what the scripture says. Amen. See, God is, he says, God is mindful. He's in remembrance of him. And then in verse four, he continues and it says, and the son of man that thou visit him. In other words, God takes the time to, to see about man. He comes, he says, he comes to visit man. But see, man, also, the word what also implies that the, what is the significance of man? What is the purpose of man that even our, in our fallen condition, God still loves us and he still comes to see about us? Amen. What is it? We are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. Now, watch verse number, no, let's go to Job chapter 7. We want to deal with that. Slow down, Brenda. Job chapter 7. <clears throat> Looking at verse number 17. Keep your place in Psalms 8. Job chapter number 7. Looking at verse number 17. Talking about man. Talking about man. We still want to talk about man. What is man's purpose? What, what's the significance of man or mankind? And Job chapter 7. Looking at verse number 17. It says, What is man that thou should magnify him. What is it about us that God wants to make us great? 
What is it about man that he wants to enlarge our territory externally and internally? What is it about man? What is it about mankind? See, this word has to be applied individually as well as corporately. You know, mankind corporately, but, but it comes down to man individually. What is it about man want to magnify, that God wants to magnify him? Make you bigger than what you really are. You know, it's amazing. If you've got a magnifying glass and whatever you put it on, it's going to make it larger. See, when God sees us, he sees us in our foul condition. He sees us in, 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 in the large bit. You know, big, great, awesome. That's how God sees man. He, even though we're frail, even though we're wretched, even though we're sinful, this is how God says, he says, I'm going to magnify you. It's amazing the things that God does. It is literally amazing. One thing that happened to us this past week as, with, with the many things that was going on, we were at, we were at a luncheon with, with, with a friend of ours, and uh, he asked Dr. Manley, he said, I, I need you to come and speak for about 15 min- minutes in Sumter, South Carolina. I'm like, okay. Dr. Manley said, yeah, he, you know, he'd love to go talk to somebody, but he likes to sell his books. But he wants him to stand before millionaires. I said, wait a minute, Lord. What is this? He's enlarging him. He's, he's changing his territory. He's changing his vineyard to place him among people that already has wealth. But they need Jesus. Now, some of them know Jesus, but they need Jesus. So what is it about man? I mean, man, we're, being, we're wretched that God would enlarge us and, and place us at, at places that we never, ever dreamt we would ever be. What is it about man? You have to understand, you are God's masterpiece. You are my God. When we know we didn't deserve to be where we are. Not, we didn't even deserve it. But God says, I'm going to magnify you. I, I'm going I'm to take you before great men. I'm going to take you before great men and women. Uh, uh, and he, God said, I'm going to use you. Man, fallen man, God said, I'm going to use you. Job continues to say now, it's amazing that David and Job sees the same thing. Because now Job is saying this in verse 17, he says, what is man? What is the purpose? What is the significance of man that thou should have magnified him and that thou should have set thine heart upon him? In other words, place his affection upon man. What is it about man that, that God would release his affection, his, his love, his delight in man, his, his grace, and he would have promote and advance man? What is it about man? That's, I mean, when we look at man, we think man is awful. We think man is a fool. We think man off chain. A lot of times it, it exemplifies that fact. But God does not see us the way, way we see ourselves or the way others see us. Him. But God says, look, look at this. Look at what Job is saying. He says, now, now he said he set his heart. His, his, you think about the sovereign God. Yesterday I was beginning to, to, to study about the, the sovereignness of God. God doesn't need anybody outside of himself because he's God. The, the scripture talks about how God, he rules the heavens, he rules the earth, he rules the inhabitants, and he said he is over everything. He, everything his, his hands has made, God is sovereign over all, is what the word of God says. He's sovereign over all, but yet he takes the time and takes a little frail creature, even though mankind has fallen, because in the beginning when he made man, then he was, he was total spirit. When he made man, he was total spirit, and he, was, he, communed, with, he communed with man until ma- even when man had fallen and he went searching for him in the garden, when man had fallen, it's amazing that he shows up when man was in his sinful state. 
when he was trying to hide his sins. They covered themselves with fig leaves. But God came and he came to see about them. He, he, even now, he visits us in our good days and he visits us in our bad days. And I'll show you that in the scriptures. Amen. Now, looking at verse number 18, he says, And thou should have visited him every morning and try him every moment. That God does not take any intermissions in our life. He shows up all the time in our life. He doesn't take, you know, when you, when you go into the plays and, uh, or a football game, you know, you got a certain half and then all of a sudden you get intermission. That's a break. God don't take no break when it comes down to mankind. I mean, whether he's uh, testing us, he still doesn't take a break. Or whether he's just loving on us, he still does not take a break. See, that's how much he loves us. Even in our trials and our tribulations, he is right there. Even when we don't think well of ourselves, when we're in a place of depression, you know, when we're in situations and circumstances in our life, we have no clue what's going on. God said, I am right here. He said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsaken you. Why? Because you are God's masterpiece. Man is God's masterpiece. It's amazing that God will love us so much. That he will just t- take the time continuously and even have us engraved upon his hand. That's some kind of love. God loves mankind. God loves us. I don't care what the devil say, what the devil whispers. God loves us. God loves mankind. He loves mankind. Now, let's look at Psalms 144. Psalms 144. Psalms 144. Talking about God's love toward mankind. Yeah, we are God's masterpiece. God's a masterpiece. How how he he doesn't take time off. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God does not take time off when it comes down to man. You know, we as men, as mankind, we will take we will take time off, right? We will say, okay, God, I'm I'm not gonna deal with you today. I I, I got to do my own thing. So, but God does not take any time off when it comes down to mankind. Now, Psalms 144, verse number three. Psalms 144, verse number 3. Verse 3 says, Lord, what is man? That old wretched creature. He's feeble. He's frail. He's disobedient. You know, he, 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 he's off the chain most of the time. He's a fool sometimes. But he says, David said, what is man? Lord, what is man? He, he addressed in the Lord as the rule of all mankind. He said, what is man that thou taketh knowledge of him? What is it about man that God will give us some attention? What is it about man? We frail. We're wicked. You know, oftentimes we don't give God the honor he deserves. because He's a majestic one. He's, he's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. But what is it about us when we, we still mess up that God would give man, give us the attention that we don't even deserve? We are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. Then he goes on to say in Psalms 144, verse 3, he said, All the Son of Man, watch this, that maketh account of him, that God will put his focus on us. What is it about man that God will put his focus upon us? Watch verse 4. Verse 4 says this, Man is like what? Vanity. Man is like vanity. His days are as a shadow that passes away. 
Well, what does that mean when you're talking about man is like a shadow? A shadow does not have any type of substance, okay? It moves along as the sun declines. When you think about a shadow, the shadow will move along, but as the sun declines, all of a sudden, it, the shadow is no longer there. That's exactly how man is. That's exactly how man is. As, as, as we're going, going forth, this place is not a permanent place for us. Sometimes we could think that we're going to be here permanently. No, we are declining. That's why we, we grow in age. We are declining, and eventually, temporary, we're going to disappear. We'll no longer be upon this earth. We will no longer be in this world, but we'll be transcending to a new era in life, a new dimension, and we'll be to have a different assignment, a different assignment. Somebody think, well, well, this is it when I die. No, no, no. This is not it when you die. No, death is just a passageway to the place you're going, to the next dimension, to the next world that God has designed for everybody's life. So I can't hardly wait for my next assignment. You know, because I think this is, it's good, but, you know, I want to go do the other part too. Amen. So, so, so God, is, he knows man is like a shadow. He knows we're drifting away. Not only are we drifting away in the natural, but we're drifting away in the spirit. But eventually we will no longer be, but we will be with the Father. And we will be in a total different dimension. Amen. Now, we will disappear. Now, let's go back to Psalms 8. Let's go back to Psalms 8. Let's go back to Psalms 8. Psalms 8. Let's go back to Psalms 8. Thank you. Man, God's masterpiece. Man, God's masterpiece. Now, it says this in verse number 5. Verse number 5. It says, For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Now, the word angels there means Elohim. He's made him a little lower than God, Elohim. And then it says, And has crowned him with glory and honor. God has crowned man with glory and honor. Then he says this in verse number 6. He says, Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou have put all things under his feet. God has given us dominionship. Everything that he has made, everything that he created in the book of Genesis, God gave man a dominion over it. Somebody said, well, it don't look like it. Well, let's see what, what God's words say about man and his dominionship. Let's look at, keep your place in Psalms Psalms 8. Let's go to Psalms 115. Psalms 115, uh, verses number 16. Psalms 116. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Psalms 116, verses number 15. Now, let's show you about this dominionship, what we have. Sometimes we don't understand what we have or where God has positioned mankind. Psalms 116 and 115, verse number 16. Now watch what verse 16 says in Psalms 115. 16 says, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. But what the earth hath he given where? To the children of men. So the earth has been given to the children of men. We have dominionship over the earth because God gave it. You know, the word of God says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwells therein. He owns the cows of a thousand hills. So God has given all that to, to mankind. Why? Because man is, is God's masterpiece. We, we, were, we were designed to rule. Man was designed to rule. 
See, the man was not designed to be subordinate. Man was designed to rule the earth. To do. Look how we have messed up the earth. We have literally messed it up. But God, God gave it to us. So now we, 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 we messing things up when it comes down to the earth. But the beauty of it is God still will not take his hands off of us. Because we are his workmanship. We are the, God's masterpiece. Let me show you how much God loves you. Now, we're almost done. Let's go to Psalms, one, Psalms 139. Psalms 139. Psalms 139. See how much God, God loves a man. How much God loves a man. God really loves a man. God loves a man. He, he loves him. I mean, no matter what we do, how we show up, you know, what our actions are, God loves a man. He loves a man. He loves mankind. Are we there? Psalms 139. God loves a man. Watch this. This is how, what kind of attention that God gives to man. In verse number 2 it says, Thou knoweth my downsetting. In other words, whenever I'm I ambushed by Satan. God knows my downsetting. He, he knows when, when we, we've fallen back and uh, uh, the tricks of Satan have ambushed us. He, sa- he says, uh, uh, you, you know my downsetting. And then he said, and mine uprising. In other words, he even sees us when we're strengthened or when we're successful. See, God sees us when we're down. This is, this is the attention of God. He sees us when we're down. He sees us when he, we rises up. You know, when we become successful or when we are strengthened in, in the Lord. See, God sees that. He, he puts his attention on his masterpiece. Verse number three say, no, 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 let me finish the, the latter part of verse two. He says, thou understandest my thought afar off. Before those thoughts reach your mind, God already know what you're going to say or what you're going to think. That's scary to me. Because right now you have to be careful about what you're thinking. Because God already see it. He already knows what you're thinking. Amen. He already knows. So that's the danger. We think man don't know. <laughs> but, but, but God knows. You know, he knows now. Let's continue. Verse 3. It says, Thou compasses me. He circles my path and my line down. And he's acquainted with all of my ways. There's nothing man has done or ever will do that God does not know about. The word says he's acquainted with all of my ways. So there's nothing, nothing that we do or will do that God is not aware of. He's acquainted with all our ways. Now, verse 4 says, for there, oh, here's the danger. For there is not a word in my tongue or in my mouth, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Every word in our mouth. Ain't that some kind of attention? Every word within our mouth. Every word that's going to roll from our tongue, God already knows about it. That's scary. That ought to have us, make us have some reverence for God. That should make us have reverence for God. Because whatever we think, whatever we speak, God himself knows it, what's going to come out of our mouth. Amen. You've got to be careful what you think and what you say. Okay? He said, thou knowest it all together. And verse 5 says, Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Watch 6. 6 says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I could not attain it. In other words, he said, God, I can't even comprehend why you love me so much. Why you give so much attention to me. 
attention to mankind. He said, I don't quite understand why you, why you put so much attention and emphasis on man and man's purpose. It's because you are God's masterpiece. You're his masterpiece. His, you're God's masterpiece. Then look at verse number seven. Now, watch how uh, closely God gives attention to his masterpiece. Verse seven says, whither shall I go from thy presence? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? You can't go nowhere and get away from God. I don't care where you are. You can't go nowhere to get away from God. He says now, verse 8, he says, If I ascend up into the heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou there. In other words, no matter how high you go, God's there. No matter how low you go, God is there. God says, if you make your bed in hell, I'm going to show up because you are my masterpiece. See, it's not in God's will that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. That's why God is so long-suffering with man, because that is his his creation. We we are God's masterpiece. We're his masterpiece. Watch what he says in verse 9. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uppermost part of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. There is no place you can get away from God. Because he loves us that much. He said, I'm going to always be right where you are. I'm not going to let you get away from me because you are my masterpiece. I laid my hands on you. I breathe my breath into you. And so therefore, you are my masterpiece. And I'm going to watch out for you no matter where you go. That's some kind of love. That is some kind of love. Amen. Some kind of love. Some kind, some kind of love. Now watch this now. Watch this. Now, verse 11. Verse 11. He says, if I say, now David's talking now because, you know, David was a, was a rascal. You know, he's the one that was up there supposed to be out in battle. And he up there watching Bathsheba while she's taking the bath. You know, and got himself in trouble. And got a husband killed and lied and all that stuff, you know. But see, he, he couldn't imagine the love of God. Verse 11 says, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, he says, even the night shall be light on me. Uh, even the night shall be light about me. So even if we're creeping in dark places, it's just like light to God. That's scary. Even when we go about to do wrong and, 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 and in those wrong places, God said, I still got the light on you. He said, the darkness is just like light. There's no hiding place from God. There's no hiding place from God. Verse 12 says, Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to God. Both are alike to thee. God can see either way. Whether it's in the dark or whether it's in the light, both of them appear to be just the same when it comes down to God. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Dropping down to verse number four, it says, but watch this. Even though he knows God has given us him this much attention, he even though God has uh, went to a place of saying, okay, darkness and light is the same thing to me. But either way, I still see you. I still love you. I'm still present with you. That's how we can get out of places. When we know that when we, know that we should have uh, uh, um, received from the hands of the enemy, and we're in these dark places, and all of a sudden we got a, we've got a place of escape. That's because God is there. When, when we know that, you know, some of those stray bullets, you, you know you're in a place that we shouldn't be in, and all of a sudden there's some stray bullets come along, stray bullets, you know, and all of a sudden you, you, you didn't get hit, but somebody else did. 
Huh? That's because God was right there, and it wasn't your time just yet. So, but but watch what's this when he when it comes to that understanding now how he he he, he was covered uh, by God, and that's why prayer is so powerful to be covered by God. Because this day, man is in a, a situation where he's so outraged. His, his mind and his thoughts are not right, but God's protection is still there. God's protection is still there. Verse 14 says this. This is what David is saying. He says, I will praise thee. Watch this. I will praise thee, talking about God, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. See, you, we, we got to know that, that, that when God made us, we are, it's not just, we just happen by circumstance. God says, we are wonderfully made. In other words, he, he put that time, he put the time and emphasis on us. And know that, that the things that most people will say about you, you got to know what God says, that you are wonderfully made. So when people want to tell you what you're not, what you will never be, you just let them know. God says, I am wonderfully made. Everything about me, God just took the time. Fearlessly and wonderfully, he made mankind. He made you and I. We're God's masterpiece. We are awesome piece of work. That's that's how we get to look. You see, you got to know this thing. If you don't know this thing, you will let society define who you are. You will let the world define who you are. See, you got to know. God said, I'm wonderfully made. God said, I'm magnificent. God says, all that he has for me, it will come to me. God took time for me. Okay? Now, what, what, let's go on. Let's, let's, let's see what the scripture says here. Now, watch this now. Now, it says in verse number 15. Oh, no, I don't want to, there's a part in 14 I don't want to skip. As he talks about how fearfully and wonderfully we are made, then he says, marvelous are thy works. Well, what are those works? He's talking about you. He's talking about his masterpiece. He said, marvelous are are, are thy works. He's talking about himself. God, your, your work on mankind, it's marvelous. When you think about how God has put man together, you, you got some internal organs that cannot, you cannot see, but yet it helps you operate the other parts of your body. See, if your heart stop, if your heart stop working, if, if your lungs give out, see, the, the rest of you can't continue to work. Somehow about God, God put man together. I mean, that's why it takes, the doctor can operate on you, but it takes God to heal you. It takes the Lord to heal you, no matter what the situation is. And we, we encountered a man the other day, and, and he was talking about how he beat uh, uh, pancreas cancer. You know, how, and normally that, that don't happen. You, 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 once that pancreas get that cancer, that's it. And he was talking about how he beat that, that type of cancer. See, there's nothing impossible with God. See, God knows all about this body. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. Verse 15, 15 says, My substance, talking about man, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously walked in the lowest parts of the earth. Now, he says, my, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret. All this thing about these illegitimate children and people want to abort. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. See, be- before that happened, God already saw it. When we did it in secret, God already saw it. So, but yet he says you're wonderfully made. So don't never let anybody uh, uh, consider you a castaway because you might have been born out of wedlock. 
Because a lot of wedlock is not wedlock. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not wedlock. You know, you just locked into this place. Now, now, what's happening, when you were made, when you birthed, I, and that's another thing. I, I remember in the old days, now if, a, if a young lady um, became pregnant out of wedlock, they wanted to march down the aisle as a child was born, march down the aisle, stand in front of the church, and go repent. Well, why would you repent in front of all them folks that done the same thing? They just old. They just old, old, old women that had done the same thing these young people are doing. So if God forgave them, why would you want to march me down the aisle? Because for whatever reason, the things that I've done in secret is manifesting in the natural. No, that's not God's love. That is not God's love. God says now, he says, when you were my major in secret, he says, you curiously walk in the lowest parts of the earth. Verse 16 says, and, and Psalms 139, thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect and in Thy book, all of my members was written, which in countenance was fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Let me tell you something. Don't always believe what the doctors say. Don't always believe what the doctors say. Had a good friend. She was going to, uh, her daughter was going to abort her child. And I had a dream, and, and, and I didn't know who the young lady was. Some of you heard the story before. I didn't know who God was referring to that was about to make a bad decision. It was a wrong decision. And I made a call to a friend, and the, the key thing that God gave me was the, city, the name of the city, the name of the town. And when I mentioned the name of the town to my friend, it just so happened to be his sister. He's the only person I know that lives in that town is my sister. So when I made the call, he gave me her number. I made the call and I said to her, I said, I don't know. I don't know what this means, but I do know you're about to make a decision and it's the wrong decision. They were about to make a decision. They was at the process of making the decision based on the doctor's recommendation to abort the baby. Well, today that baby's about 18 months old. Even though the doctor said abort the baby, God said no. God says for miles away to let someone know, no, that's not, that's not God's decision. That's man's decision. And they named that baby such a, with a powerful name. And I want to call that name out because I send them a, a DVD every week. Amen. But I praise be to God that, that when man say, oh no, you can't live. See, that's the second time that's happened. We had another young lady, one of my good dear friends from, from way back. They had told her daughter because she was a diabetic that her, her baby it was going to be a, born to be a diabetic, except it was going to be in worse condition, and that they needed to abort the baby. Got together that day, and we sit in that hospital room, and we prayed, and we believed God, and we said there would be no abortions here. And praise be to God, the young lady now is a grown young lady living, but if we had to listen to the doctors, amen, then they would abort something that was wonderfully made by God. I mean, God is awesome. Why? God, we are man is God's masterpiece. No matter how it, what it looks like or how it looks, man is God's masterpiece. He's God's masterpiece. Now, verse number, verse number 17 says, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me. This is powerful. Oh God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in numbers and the sand which I awake and I am still with thee. How precious are the thoughts of God towards mankind. This is going to be our final verse. How precious 
are the thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the psalm. See, we cannot even begin to count the precious thoughts that God has toward us. Even in our mess ups, even in all of that, even when we don't, even when we do not give God his, his reverence, even when, when we don't acknowledge him, when we don't spend time with him, God said, my thoughts toward you are still precious. He said, and that's how much he loves man. That's how he loves, much he loves mankind. Now, let's go, uh, this is our last scripture. Let's go to Jeremiah. Let me see, Jeremiah, book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter number 29, talking about these thoughts. Jeremiah, chapter number 29. God's thoughts, he loves, he's got some wonderful thoughts toward mankind. He doesn't see us, he sees the blood of Jesus. The blood, the blood of Jesus stands between us and, and, and God. So his thoughts toward us are precious. This is the, line of, the final verse, because see, we are God's masterpiece. Are we there? Jeremiah chapter number 29. That's why it's so important to know what the scripture says, what God's word says. Amen. Verse number 11. He says this. Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah is on the, speaking on the same line as David was speaking. He says now in verse 11. He says, for I know the thoughts. God is speaking. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. His thoughts toward us are thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. God's thoughts toward mankind. His thoughts toward us is our thoughts of peace and not evil. Man's thoughts of, uh, uh, toward us are evil. They want us to be disrupted. But God says, listen, my thoughts toward you, they are thoughts of peace, are thoughts of love. They're not thoughts of evil. He said, I'm going to give you an expected end. Give is like a gift. So God says, I've got a gift for you. And he said, at your expected end, he, and you an expected end. He ha- your expected end is a gift from God. So your final destination is a gift from God. He said, listen, I love you. I, 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 I worship you. You are my, you are my, you are my creation. You are my handiwork. You are God's masterpiece. Man. Man, as evil as man is, man is still God's masterpiece. God loves us that much. He loves us that much. Think about it. Just think about it. When you woke up this morning, and you woke up and you stretched stretched out, you breathe, and you shook off sleep, the breath that you were even breathing, the fact that you woke up, it's because you're God's masterpiece and he loves you. Because he's not yet finished with your purpose and the destination he has from you for your life. You're significant. You do have some worth. Whether you realize it or not, you have worth. You have a place in the kingdom of God. Man is God's masterpiece. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. He's mankind. You, you, each one of you, you are God's masterpiece. Can we receive that? Can you receive that? That's who you are. The masterpiece of God. That's the masterpiece.